morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Plant Medicine, Cannabis, Psychedelics, and Pharmaceutics. I am your host, Dr. Lola, also known as Dr. O, a clinical pharmacist and plant medicine specialist. I'm the founder of WCI Health. We are alternative health and wellness hub. We help you level up on your wellness journey using the healing powers of plant medicine and education as tools. WCI Health is the uh, makers of glows, think glows, think beauty from within. So what? let's just start by house cleaning. What is our house cleaning today? This show is for educational purpose, should not be taken as medical advice. Consult with your doctor for all your medical needs. Do not stop or start any medicine without talking to your doctor. Having said that, the show is sponsored by WCI Health, your alternative health and wellness hub. Also, want to say thank you to Entiotech ET out of Kiloa, Canada for sponsoring WCI Health for this year's Wonderland Miami. I will be speaking on ketamine for depression, the clinical trials that have been done so far. So we are appreciative of that. If you are out there, there's a chance for you to jump jump in and be part of our tribe you want to sponsor uh wonderland miami slide in dm wci health 19. having said that i have a very special guest with me today when you talk about cannabis space cbd hemp the stanley brothers i mean they are like they are like the founders in a way. They're not the founders of cannabis, but their name is all over the place because of the great work they have done in this space. Welcome to this show, Joe Stanley. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me, Dr. O. Yeah, definitely. For those of you that might not know Joe, we all know him. So sometimes we, we even forget to mention Charles Web CBD. He is the co-founder of Charles Web CBD and is the, also the first CEO of the company. And uh, so, Joe, the Stanley Brothers celebrates your 10-year anniversary of providing your high CBD, low THC uh, formulation to Charles Figge. Uh, after her pediatrician uh, gave the go-ahead uh, that it was okay, written permission to take. Talk to me about how you reflected on this past decade uh, when it comes to Charlotte, how you have been able to help her, and how the industry has grown so far. Yeah, uh, you know, I met Charlotte Figgy in, in February of 2012, um, so we're just past 10 years here. Um, and that was really, you know, probably the most impactful moment of my life, certainly my family's life. And I, I, I consider that meeting really the, the birth of the world's awareness of this molecule CBD. Um, it was really Charlotte Figgy's story, um, you know, later told in August 2013 by Dr. Sanjay Gupta that brought awareness to, um, to the medical community, to consumers, to the cannabis industry, to the hemp industry, um, you know, about the potential for CBD. And from that time to now, I have to say it's been a wild ride. You know, we, uh, <clears throat> we, we made an oil for Charlotte at the request of her mother, a very brilliant woman, Paige Figgy, and they had really tried everything. And, um, you know, much to everyone's surprise, 
Charlotte uh, being not not conventionally treated for her epilepsy, um, pharmaceutical medications um, just didn't serve her. Uh, but this very simple plant extract um, from a hemp strain um, would work wonders for her. And, um, you know, we saw the birth of a whole new industry from about from the time we met Charlotte, word traveled through the intractable epilepsy community. Um, we, Charlotte's Web, we named the product, of course, after after Charlotte, named, named the company after her. We ended up with hundreds of families move from different states and from internationally once they heard Charlotte's story. And once Sanjay told the story on, on the CNN Weed documentary, um, we ended up with a waiting list for the product of around 15,000 people. And when Sanjay told the story, that was kind of the starting gun for the for what we call the CBD industry. And from then to now has been lobbying for regulations, you know, changing laws. Hemp wasn't legal at that time. Um, and, you know, still we're we're fighting for regulation within the industry. So I would say, um, although much of the battle for CBD and hemp is behind us, um, there are still some very important pieces left to go. But it's been a really beautiful 10 years for my family to get to serve other families with great products and, and see an important industry unfold. Thank you so much. I mean, you would think uh, after that kind of uh, a wow testimony, you would think this plant would have been re released from the jail of what I call the jail of man. <laughs> It is, it is, it is just mind-boggling when you even consider a lot of our conventional medicine. We are originally derived from herbs, so why should we have to put herbs in the jail of men? Uh, it is uh, for me personally. I I grew up in the western part of Africa, where we use plant medicine as first line of therapy. They don't just grab you and run to the to the hospital when you are sick. So these plants are not the bad guy. They are gift of nature to humankind. Does that mean it's going to work for everybody? That's not what we are saying, but it could really serve as a tools of wellness or even as an adjunct, as an addition to what we are already doing. Uh, Joe, uh, on April 7, 2020, uh, after the unfortunate passing of Charlotte, the governor of California officially declared every seventh uh, to be Charlotte Day in Colorado. You honored that day with Charlotte uh, Figgy's family grant program to help folks that are needing assistance when it comes to health and wellness. Talk to me about how Charlotte's memory continues to motivate the work that you guys are doing right now. Yeah, you know, um... There's there's not a more impactful person that I've met in my life, and I probably won't meet a more impactful person, not just on me, but on the world, than Charlotte Figgy. You know, she was five years old when we met her, um, and, and, and she passed at uh, 13, and um, it was really devastating, I think, for our community, for my family, for the, for the Charlotte's Web family, um, but at the same time, it, uh, her memory inspires not only the CBD movement, but Charlotte's Web as a company, my family, and literally everything that I'm doing in my life. I'm, I'm at a new company here. This is a botanical drug development company focused exclusively on plant medicines. Everything we're doing 
was inspired by meeting Charlotte Figgy. And so I consider her really our North Star, our guiding light for the work that we do. It was her story, her family's courage, trying a simple botanical extract that taught us the power of these plants and set us on our path. Um, so she is, you know, what I consider our founder. Um, she is the first founder of everything that we're doing and everything that I think I'll do the rest of my life. Uh, okay, I want to quickly uh, make a, a correction that uh, as per the Charlotte Figgy's day, it was not a California governor, it was the Colorado governor that declared uh, the 7th, April the 7th as uh, Charlotte Figgy day. I just want to make that correction. <laughs> Let it not say, okay, <laughs> fake news. <laughs> We're not trying to be fake news here. Uh, yeah, that was just, uh, anyway. Yeah, when when we look at some, there are some individuals, when I talk to people, I say there are some individuals, nature, whoever we, we call on to, if you believe in God, if you believe in Allah, whoever it is, Mother Nature's planet, this planet that we have, I place them here for a purpose. And sometimes it's not easy for us to let them go, but when that purpose is done, they go back to where they need to be. I would say Charlotte is definitely one of those. Another person that we look at when we when we think of folks like that will be Steve Jobs. This this these people are here on a mission, and I mean not just your family that Charlotte has had an opportunity to impart. She imparted the whole world, and like you said. A lot of folks like me, even me, had to come out of the closet and come boldly start talking about this uh, this plant in the open because of what Charlotte stood for and what your family as a whole have done in this space. Uh, you have been working on combining nature and technology, or in other words, we call it our ancestral health, back to our root. Uh, for tomorrow, please expand on what you have been working on so far when it comes to plant medicine. I know you mentioned it briefly. Talk to us more about that. Yeah, so so I'm sitting in my office at at a new company started by my brothers um, called Ajna Biosciences, and it, this is is um, really an extension of the mission Charlotte started when we started to learn about about what botanical medicine can mean. And um, this company is focused on the FDA's botanical drug development pathways. This is a relatively new pathway. And I first learned about it when I had my first conversation with the FDA many years ago. Um, after Sanjay told Charlotte's story and the news was out, I spoke with the FDA and we had, you know, at that point, thousands of families using Charlotte's Web for um, their children with intractable epilepsy. And the FDA said, wait a minute, you know, one, hemp is quasi-legal, and two, um, you're treating a disease with your product. And, of course, we can never make the claims that, that a dietary supplement um, or, or a product that's not approved by the FDA for a disease. We can never make a claim that it works for that disease, but of course, you know, your eyes are seeing all of this. And it was, it was, it was very clear that there was something there. 
they told me, they said, you know, you have what we call a botanical drug um, and you should really take this through, you know, botanical drug development. And um, that was really eye opening because at the time there was no uh, there was no possible way for a U.S. company with federally illegal hemp. You couldn't get DEA licensing to make the product. You couldn't get it into the FDA's drug development pipeline. And so the dietary supplement industry was really the only place for CBD to go. Um, but that that process taught me a lot um, about how important it is to do the research with an efficacious botanical. Um, because if you don't do the research, if you don't go through the FDA, if you don't have FDA regulation, you won't get physician advocacy and you can't help the maximum amount of people. You know, in general, we all, we all trust Western medicine um, to a large extent and it doesn't get everything right. Um, but what we found is that is that it tries. And the FDA does have a regulatory pathway to take highly efficacious botanicals, standardize them the right way, take them through, get the clinical evidence um, so that we can enter insurance systems and payer systems so that families can have access, but more importantly, so that we get physician advocacy so that our doctors um, can understand the data on any one of these treatments and then, and then feel confident to prescribe it. Um, you know, I think that there are, there are many people over the world that, um, that, probably could benefit from something like CBD um, or whole, whole plant ex, extracts of various forms. Um, there's so many out there that we just don't understand. And until we get them into the medical system pipeline, many people just will not try them. And so what we're working on right now is really, really botanical drug development. It isn't, it isn't the easiest thing in the world. It's relatively new. There aren't many there aren't many people doing it. And even though, you know, we learned all of our, all of our drugs, almost all of our drugs from the plants, um, and we've, you know, later isolated single molecules or synthesized them, we learned them from the plants. And now it's time to go back to the plants because in many cases, um, nature just got it right. And there are combinations of phytochemicals and molecules that are packed within certain plants. And cannabis is probably our best example right now. And Charlotte's story is the best example. There are many times nature has it right. And all we need to do is accept that, um, that sometimes our best treatment options are going to come from a multitude of molecules. And we call nature the master of molecules. It's going to come from a multitude of molecules, not just one synthetic molecule, um, and I think Western medicine is just now starting to really accept that even though it's hard to understand what many molecules from a plant are doing in the body, we shouldn't reject it. It's worked for thousands of years. And now for the first time, we have the technology, we have the supercomputing capacity, um, and we have the clinical trial type systems where we can truly observe is something efficacious and does its potential side effects, um, you know, um, is, is the level of its efficacy beyond um, the risk of potential side effects? And because we can, we can do that, we can now partner modern laboratory, modern clinical science with nature to go back after some of the medicines that are age old, that our shamans and our healers told us about hundreds of years ago. Um, we can go back after it, we can apply data to it, and we can bring it back into medicine. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Isn't that what we could call the best of both worlds? That makes, you know, 
That would be That's the right. best of what? I mean, it'll I actually re- bring new new drugs. I mean, it's so crazy to think that uh, you know, as we look at whether it's psychedelics and psilocybin, which is one of our projects here, whether it's cannabinoids, whether it's as simple as echinacea, we we, we can partner with technology and bring something that was ancient to the forefront, and it ends up being a whole new drug, a whole new category of drugs called botanical drugs, which is wild. I mean, we we should have started there, but here we are. You know, we're going to go back and we're going to go go bring these very valuable tools back to the forefront for our healing. I love, love, love that, Joe. I was talking with uh, my producer, Brasco, in one of our shows recently that the bottom line is that the big pharma, they have perfected some things. And when, especially when it comes to routes of administration, dosing, uh, you know, they have worked on this uh, agent for so long. What we in the uh, plant medicine space, we can tap into some of these uh, technologies that they have perfected and bring it to our side and and actually make something really spe- special about it, especially because when we look at botanicals, it, one of the major problems with cannabis back in the days was inability to actually be able to dose it, if, uh, to actually give the correct dose. But I have had so many pushback, especially even from, from clinicians, you know, cleaning them like, oh, we don't want the big farmer in here. We need the big farmer. We all, it's, it's one will chase a thousand, two will chase 10,000, you know. I remember growing up, I mean, when I first uh, moved to United States and people talk about malaria, they're like, whoa. And I'm like, come on now, what are they talking about? It's just malaria. You can get mango leaves, mango tree, take the back of the leaves, take the leaf, take the back, put some uh, lemon, lime, and some alkaline water, you brew it, you drink it. Yeah, it doesn't taste good, but the malaria is gone. <laughs> what are they going crazy? I'm like, what is this? It's not like it's going to, you know, and I'm not uh, downplaying malaria. It has killed some, some people. But what I'm trying to emphasize is that botanicals can have their place and we can actually do uh, apply technology to tap into the best of both. That is exactly what you guys are doing. And I love, love, love that. Okay, Joe, you are now working on Stanley, uh, you are working on Stanley Brothers USA, a cannabis wellness uh, incubator, uh, currently operating in three states in Colorado, California, and here in Florida, where I reside, you know, with the uh, potential to expand to other states. Tell us about this transition into cannabis incubator space from the hemp space. Sure. So to be honest, uh, you know, we, we, we started in the medical cannabis space before Colorado was recreational many years before, about, about five years before my, my brothers and I got together in 2008. And we were considered medical marijuana caregivers. Um, you know, those were the rules at the time. Um, and I kind of miss those days because we we actually knew our um, we called them patients. You know, we're not doctors, we're not physicians. We're very clear about that. But under the under the um, you know kind of wild west regulatory environment that that we had, we were caregivers, and they were called patients um, by constitutional statute. And so we knew everyone that we were making medicine for. And in the early days, um, we were some of the first people that I was aware of that were 
creating cannabis oils and not just creating cannabis oils um, to smoke or to dab or whatever. We were creating them so that we could uh, dilute them into products so that people could titrate dosing and know what they were taking, whether that was THC or CBD. Um, and, you know, we had very limited laboratory resources back then. I mean, things have changed a lot, but we had a couple of good labs in the state. So we would make oils. Um, it's almost all of our, our patients prior to meeting Charlotte Figgy were actually cancer patients. That was our passion. So we, so we knew our patients, knew our clients. And um, we started early on creating products in which people could reproduce their experience because they could know the dose. And that, that was severely lacking in the industry back then. So we started in medical marijuana. Um, it, Charlotte's Web was born out of, out of medical marijuana. We had to operate under medical marijuana uh, regulations for the first part of it. It was kind of a perfect storm because... Um, we had dispensaries, we had cannabis cultivation, cannabis laboratory, making making high THC products and some some high high CBD products. But hemp wouldn't be legalized in Colorado until about two months after Sanjay told Charlotte's story. This is this is November 2013. Hemp was legalized in Colorado. Mm -hmm. And then in February 2014, hemp, the first hemp pilot program showed up. Um, federally, the farm bill, which allowed us to semi-expand, and that would be solidified later later um, in 2018 with the final farm bill. But so we started in marijuana, transitioned to hemp because that was the right thing for that product. Um, so we've always been there, and now we're kind of you know going back and and taking the same high quality, efficacious approach, trying to find the people we can, we can help the most, not just trying to get people high, which is fine with me too. I'm not a prohibitionist, you know, of course I work in marijuana, I work in cannabis, so all of that's fine. But, you know, we really try to target um, um, formulations for, for specific reasons, you know, not just, uh, you know, market a product to make money or whatever. And so um, we're kind of coming back to our roots with, yeah with a product um, it, it made by Stanley brothers. We, and it's so difficult though. It is, it mm -hmm. is so difficult. The marijuana industry. I mean, we've got mm -hmm. to get something done federally because if you live in Florida and you move to California, mm -hmm. you really can't get access to the same product that might've been working for you. It, it, and that's, it is, it is sad. That, that's what, you know, that's what Charlotte's Web's so good at. That's that's what my family did. You know, keep in mind, we were making Charlotte's Web. The first batch of Charlotte's Web I made myself, and I was making it for a five-year-old medically fragile person. Mm -hmm. So we set quality control up super high, um, and that's, that's very important. But w when the rest of the industry doesn't do that or you don't have the same strains in every state – People can't exactly reproduce their experience to have to have the same standardized, same quality product in California as, as they would have in Florida. And also for a business to try to replicate a product, the same product with the same consistency for the same reproducible therapeutic outcome, to try to do that in Oklahoma under its regulations and yeah. Florida under its regulations yeah. and New York under its regulations. It is so. <laughs> Yeah, so so SBUSA and Stanley Brothers Cannabis, you know, we're doing all we can to strategically make that available for people. Um, yeah. And 
and target help people, but it's so difficult until we have better regulation. It is, it is. And that brings me, you know, uh, I also teach uh, uh, cannabinoid medicine at John Patrick University. And in my analytical chemistry of cannabis, those are one of the major models that uh, we discuss with, with my students. Because here in Oregon, they have their own prototypes. Here in Florida, there's a prototype. We need consistency. That was right. uh, why uh, why uh, Food and Drug Administration safety and efficacy when it comes to conventional pharmaceutical. That was the purpose of it. Right now, uh, I mean, we've seen how great this plan was. Time goes really, really fast when we. I have so many questions. I didn't even get to the part of uh, magic mushroom, uh, functional mushroom, because you had mentioned uh, you guys are moving into that space. I guess we're probably going to have to bring you back one of these days to talk about that aspect of what you're doing. But before I let you go, Joe, can you tell us a little bit about the new product that you guys have uh, recently developed and what we should expect in the future. If you could quickly touch on uh, on what you guys are doing when it comes to functional mushroom, I would love that. Sure. Um, so the facility that I'm sitting in, we are DEA Schedule One licensed. We're working on psilocybin. That's that's one of our projects that I'm very proud of. Very excited. There's most of the psilocybin that is in um, that is in clinical trials, pretty much all of it is synthetic single molecule, which is still a great drug, I want to say. Mm -hmm. uh, but every strain of mushroom, and there's, <clears throat> there's over 185 different psilocybin containing strains. And within those strains, there are there are different different genetics, and yeah. all of them have a different mycochemical fingerprint. In cannabis, we talked about phytochemical fingerprints. Now mm -hmm. we talk about mycochemical fingerprints, because they're not exactly plants. But um, um, so we think it's very important for botanical representation and diversity to end up in the FDA medical supply chain um, for researchers, for doctors, for patients alike. And so we're working on botanical psilocybin, characterizing different strains, and no one's really done this work. So it's, it's really fun here to do that work. Then on the functional mushroom side, my brother Jesse actually is leading um, uh, a brand new company. We haven't launched it yet. Um, but it is it is to standardize and bring some of the functional mushrooms in the most meaningful ways. Things like lion's mane. A lot of people don't understand what they're getting when they buy these products. It's the same in the CBD industry. We didn't get to talk about that, but um, you know there there are compounds within something like lion's mane mushrooms. Um, you know, aranacines are one example. We don't even have perfect analytical standards to to get to the bottom of what's in those mushrooms. And so we want to bring um, next level understanding to the consumer about what they're getting so that they can reproduce their experience across all these verticals, including functional mushrooms. That's kind of the project at hand. And uh, that, that brand is called Mother, which is important. You know, seven Stanley brothers, our mother is, 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 a, is a guiding light. Yeah. And then of course, it's about our planet. You know, that, that really comes from um, a deep desire to get people to trust our mother, this planet, um, yeah. with their health, be proactive about their health. And that's that's why that functional mushroom brand is has that name. Awesome. I, I mean, we're going to have to find a time to bring you to bring Jesse, because when it comes to uh, entogen mushroom, these are my passion, functional mushroom, uh, psychedelic mushroom. We didn't get to go into other entogenic products. 
we're going to find time. Time runs so fast when we are doing this important stuff. Anyway, thank you so much, Joe. Folks, that's our show for today. Find all the past episodes on Cannabis Radio, WCI-Hell.com. Please rate this show. Give us a five star and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Plus, you can also find it on iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google, WCI Health, or wherever you find your podcast. We are still accepting folks. You want to sponsor for Wonderland Miami. We got ET and Tech out of Canada being one of our sponsors. We appreciate that. So if you are still out there, you would like to join us. Slide in DM WCI Health 19 is IG, and we will be glad to get you on board. Before I go, remember my book, A Pharmacy's Guide to Cannabis, Perspective of a Non-Conforming Clinician. Go grab your copy on the website or on Amazon uh, Kindle version. Follow me on IG, WCI Health 19, on LinkedIn, Dr. Lola O'Hamba, and wherever social media clubhouse name is, go look for me out there, folks. Until next time, remember, health equals wealth. Bye for now. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.